After having left Eddie in the clutches of the Master of Disguise, Jack and Josh settle down and enjoy eight crazy nights. This is Truly Happily Madison. Hello! Hi! Hello! We're back! Another week, another Adam Sandler movie, but this time, it's Christmas, baby. Well, not really. It's Hanukkah. It's Hanukkah. Yeah. For like the five people in that town. (laughs) (laughs) But they're the five most important, they're the five chosen people. (laughs) It's Hanukkah, it's Christmas, it's, it's a celebration of two faiths. The only two. <laughs> the only the two. The only two. What? Yeah. Judaism and basketball. <laughs> Before we even get into this, I have to uh, I have to set up the but This is uh, uh, Jack Gregson joining me as always is my co-host uh, Josh Pappenheim. Hello. Each week, your hosts Josh, Jack Gregson, and Josh Pappenheim. <laughs> Josh, Jack. <laughs> have you already merged? <laughs> it's not been that many podcasts. It's a quick merging. <laughs> I gotta try it one more time. Each week, your hosts Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions from 1999 to current day. And joining us, we have another guest this week. With us is is our guest. It's uh, illustrator, cartoonist, and animator Rebecca Henry. Hey. Welcome to the show. What's up? Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo to you and to me too. <laughs> we're we're very clever in that for the animated film we will be discussing we got yeah. someone who knows yeah i thought i thought that had something to do with it i thought maybe it was it was either that or because i'm a jew but then i thought they probably don't know i'm jewish so it's probably the animation thing it's also we we i think it's uh pretty much evenly split amongst us all being jewish are you both also jewish yeah right, we've got jewish. <laughs> right great well good for us i mean not 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 to like the extent of um of actually celebrating oh right uh, i see no well that's very disappointing to hear pretend jews fair weather jews well i won't report (laughs) back to the illuminati overlords that have it but i'll just say that i have thank you so but i do enjoy uh, a matzo ball soup so you know it's all right that is that's the main (laughs) aspect of the religion that's important to observe it's either that or hanukkah you get one or the other if you do both You've conquered the Well, that's the it. I, I do. I have experienced both, so I guess I'm. You know, if we did believe in heaven in this religion, I'd have an automatic ticket in. But I guess you're lucky that we don't. <laughs> um, in case people haven't been able to suss out from the title of this podcast, nor the <laughs> what we've been talking about this week, we are discussing Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights, which is its full title. His name is above the oh, I didn't even realise that. <laughs> it's not just Eight Crazy Nights, it's specifically Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. I feel like that was probably a marketing decision they made after they finished the film realised it was shit, and they were like, we're gonna need to put some extra clout in this, let's just stick his name in the title, that should bank us like an extra five million dollars at the box office. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> before before I get into the de- the the stats for this film, I should mm. just say, Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights, not its original title. Oh shit! It's one of the the many films we've covered that had a title change in production. This was originally called Whitey and Davy. 
Oh, that's a bad name. I mean, <laughs> on so many levels, that's a bad name. <laughs> it was changed on fears of people thinking it was offensive. People think it was a white supremacist I... film, <laughs> I would assume. Yeah, I was thinking that throughout the film as well. I was just like, that's an interesting character choice, like name-wise, you know. Obviously, you see that he is covered in white hair all over his body, so you think, I guess that's the reference, but you also just think, is it though? Because <laughs> the film doesn't shy away from racism on like a lot of other levels. <laughs> no, so it's well, aware of it. They're aware of it and the connotations. They just went... Nah, it's fine. People will get he's got white hair. Look, at least we didn't call the film Whitey and Davies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we took out half of the offensive possibility, but yeah. Uh, Rebecca, before we dive fully into the film, can uh, what is your history and knowledge of, of Adam Sandler and the Happy Madison production range? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I've been aware of Adam Sandler since as far as I can remember, I was probably like seven or eight years old, roughly, maybe younger. I know nothing about the the films of Happy Madison, really, other than I could probably, I could probably name a bunch of them, but I, I don't think I've seen most of them. Like, I assume Happy Gilmore is part of that. Surprisingly not. Okay, well, <laughs> Little Nicky, is that him? Is that? That's okay. that is. Uh, Little Nicky we got. Yeah thing is i really as far as adam sandler i really like the movies he does that are like a bit more serious i like the funny people one is that him and uh i like was it like eat pray love punch, punch drunk, drunk love love, <laughs> love drunk pu- oh, okay. adam uh, sandler's eat pray love, eat, pray, love. Um, adam sandler's eight crazy eat pray loves <laughs> it would have had his name in the title for that one too all of, but I don't like his. I haven't seen Uncut Gems. I'd probably like that though. But I, I don't. I've never liked a comedy that he's done. <laughs> I'm so glad we got you on for this one. Then. Would we say this is a comedy? <laughs> his most accessible comedy. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, like, I haven't actually seen most of them. I just, it's like every time I see him doing like an Adam Sandler comedy thing, I'm sort of like, oh, that's not really for me. Uh, so I just haven't like delved into the films. Um, just because I can't, ugh, it's the thing he, oh god, I hate talking shit about other people's art. This makes me feel really bad. I don't want to just, like, talk shit about Adam Sandler. I think Adam Sandler's great. Every movie of his I've seen, except for this one, I've enjoyed. <laughs> uh, and, like, every speech I've seen him give at an award ceremony, which is one a few months ago, I thought, I, th- I thought was great, so. Uh, I mean, going through these movies, I, I will say, like, we, we've not found a whole bunch of gems, but, um, <laughs> I, I... Cut or uncut. Un- not even uncut ones. Not even uncut ones. I didn't think about that when saying it, but I couldn't go to it. Um, we've not found, like, anything I'd call a classic or a, or an interesting movie. I feel like, because he's, like, a product of, like, 90s SNL, right? Yes. Basically. And I feel like that was, like, a very specific era in American comedy generally, where there was, like a really high representation of like gross-out comedy within the whole genre for instance because that's i don't know I, what was that was when like um it was like american pie re- and um, yeah and like this like the, the scary Farrelly movies brothers and, and like the there's something about mary yeah all the Farrelly brothers like early shit before even didn't they go serious though too a green book did they do green book yeah, yeah. well one of them did green book yeah the other one's still off being stupid well you know props <laughs> to both of them for their work across all the genres but um 
Yeah, no, it was, it was like all the movies that were like scary movies as well, like the ones that were like making fun of other genres, like not another yeah. teen movie and just like, yeah, there was so much of that, that stuff that just sort of like banked on people thinking that like fart jokes and wank jokes and like shit jokes were funny. And then, Well, this is, yeah. this is the sort of what I found most interesting about doing this podcast is delving into an area of comedy that clearly has a success rate with people mm. but one that I don't fully understand despite liking the man behind it yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah because I, I agree I think that Adam Sandler's great even like it's just yeah I don't well, we're trying to figure out why we like Adam Sandler as I think our ultimate goal on this podcast did you like him I mean it, it, I mean is there in any aspect of it like where how I feel like I do when he when he does do slightly more serious stuff that you see this, oh like... yeah I think uh, Punch Drunk Love is a wonderful film yeah uh, I, I love fun, I'm we are talking about funny people on this podcast next year and I'm really excited funny to people's talk about amazing it. Funny People is like a really, really, really good film. <laughs> it, I get to tell Josh how many times I got to, I went to see Funny People at the cinema. Re- what, how many? Or is that I a secret? I can't say. Thing? Yeah, okay. I, it's a secret. But, okay. Um, or like, even... it better be more than ten, otherwise it's going to be such an anticlimax of just like, oh, I went to see it three times. It's like, well, fucking whoop de fuck. No, I saw you... Richie Rich it's, ten it's... times at the cinema when I was a I'll, child. I'll tell you this: it's between those two numbers. Oh, that's a shame, because I was going to say the real, like, surprise would have been if it was zero, and you just... Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> it was just zero. Yeah. I've like, never like, seen this film. No, but uh, it's been an interesting journey going back. And I, I noticed when you were saying, oh, I don't want to talk shit about people's art. Yeah. We try not to. Like, I, I of every film I think we've discussed, maybe Barb master of disguise we found something to talk about and some interesting aspect. and I will say I told Josh this the other day after he finished witness watching this there is an element of this film that is perhaps my favorite part of any of the movies we have covered so far well, are you, do you want to mention that now or are you saving that I will get okay. to it I will get to it <laughs> but um there, there was an element of this film that constantly did make me laugh. Because okay. I didn't have that. I, just... <laughs> I don't think most people would. Yeah. I, I. Well, I don't know if there's like a structure and how you want to talk about this. So you, you. you uh, let me just give. So, so let me. So yes, we're talking about Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights, directed by Seth Kearsley, starring Adam Sandler, Jackie Sandler, nay Titone. Rob Schneider, Kevin Nealon, and Norm Crosby. Oh, so he got the whole, he got like the SNL crew in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And John Lovitz is in there as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, who, who is playing John Lovitz as well? <laughs> Always yeah. John Everybody's, Lovitz. Everybody apart from Schneider is playing themselves. Actually, Schneider is playing himself as the narrator. Oh, is that I who guess. that is? I didn't, like, didn't yeah. like it enough to watch the credits at the end. So. <laughs> did you know uh, he played another fucking character? Of course he did. Um, we'll get to that. Good God! This was released on the 27th of November 2002. Um, I don't have the budget for this movie, but uh, domestic box office, it made 23.6 million in total, which is pretty small, especially as the worldwide total was 23.8 million, so it only oh, made wow. 0.2 million overseas. I blame... You know what? Even though I hated this movie, I'm just going to still blame that on the rest of the world being anti-Semitic. So. Yeah, I would. It's odd. I remember this film being 
heavily commercialed on Cartoon Network when I was 12 years old. <laughs> well, it didn't make me go see it. But uh, yeah, so opening weekend, this opened at number five in the US behind Die Another Day, Ugh. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Ugh. The Sa- Santa Claus 2, <laughs> Santa Claus beat the Hanukkah movie, and Treasure Planet. What's um, Treasure Planet? Treasure Planet is a Disney animated movie um, in which they do Treasure Island, but in space. Wow. With uh, the voice of Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Martin Short. Okay, so... Sorry, what year did you say? It was 2002? 2002, 2002, yeah. Okay. Uh, this opened ahead of Friday After Next and Solaris. On uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 12%. And usually I talk about the other comedy films that came out the same year but we've had three movies from this year already <laughs> so um so we know them uh, off by heart all, now we all know my big fat greek wedding came out this year we all know austin powers and goldman became out this year but for animated movies this is the same year as obviously treasure planet but ice age Ooh. the wild Thornberries movie Ooh. lilo and stitch Ooh. and uh the u.s release of spirited away Ooh. so even if the oscar for animated feature had existed that year this would not have even been in the running <laughs> it did exist this year because this is the year that spirited away won. oh it did okay <laughs> yeah. right. oh and um spirit stallion of the cimarron oh, wow. yeah. did eight crazy nights get a look in on the nominations no, no, we'll talk about <laughs> Eight Crazy Nights uh, Awards later. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, I'll save it for that bit. But that is, um, that is, that is the stats for this movie. Do you want a cheeky no, synopsis? No. Yeah, I'd love a cheeky synopsis, please. Uh, this is by, well, I don't have the name, but it's off IMDb again. So, Davy Stone, played by Adam Sandler, an alcoholic with a criminal record, is sentenced to community service under the supervision of an elderly referee. Davy is then faced with trying to reform and abandon his bad habits. I mean, that is it. That is, that is the film. That is that you couldn't get it more in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. But you could just read that synopsis and not watch the film. <laughs> Do something else with your life. Probably have a better time. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say another reason, Rebecca, I wanted to have you on this one is because when we met. Uh, I believe all we discussed was musicals. Yeah. And this is the only musical in the Happy Madison well, Oh family. boy. God, aren't I lucky? I, I really, you know, <laughs> been blessed by both my career choice and my topic of discussion at a party. <laughs> Flash forward several years and it's really paid off. For here me. you are. <laughs> it's all coming together. This is why no one should oh, ever go to parties. Yeah. Not just yeah, in COVID, a, but. It was at like your house as well, <laughs> This is all cursed. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, party should definitely be banned when this is <laughs> But uh yeah, so this is the only musical. But, but actually before we get into the first musical number, Josh, you were alluding to something because this joke I mean this film just opens on a horrible racial stereotype mm-hmm. <laughs> voiced by Rob Schneider. Yeah. That's Rob Schneider. That's Rob yeah. Schneider doing that voice. Wow. As the, as the Playing... Chinese wow. restaurant man. Yeah, that's a recurring piece of racism throughout the film. <laughs> yeah. That's a recurring piece of racism throughout Rob Schneider's career. Is it? Because this is not the last time he will do this in a Happy Madison movie. Nope. I haven't. 
But next time it's in live action and with prosthetics. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. It's fine though because Adam Sandler's Jewish, so he can't be racist. I believe I believe Rob Schneider's argument for why it isn't racist is that he is Filipino, and therefore can be racist against Chinese people. I also think he's part Asian, and uh, he says that. He can, because he is part Asian, he can do mm-hmm. this. That's just like the fucking I'm 164th Cherokee bullshit. What, like Johnny Depp and the Lone Ranger? Yeah. <laughs> Alice, I think even if you are sort of like of a place doing a racist pastiche of that place as a sort of like commercial property for like American cinema, like it's still a racist portrayal of it. Like, I don't, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure I buy into that, even if you were. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. I mean, I, like it. I, I don't know if I buy into Rob Schneider's defense for most of his career. But... <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's Deuce. I believe he was the only person who reached out to that guy who got fired off of SNL before he even started because they found that podcast where he was doing like he was laughing at like racist jokes and making racist jokes and Rob Schneider reached out to him and sent like an open letter being like oh this isn't fair you know humor comes (laughs) from everywhere oh my god I I like to think I'm someone who has like a pretty broad like like I feel like I'm like hard to offend generally and I found a lot of that movie really offensive but particularly that that character yeah, yeah, this character is a real sort of. It's a, this movie opens on this racial stereotype and a burp. <laughs> so, um... I laughed at the burp. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're doing toilet humor and racism. Good, because like it's going to be nice to be able to move my hatred of this movie around in lots of directions <laughs> and to know that from moment one. It's, it's bizarre. So it opens with that. And then moves into this song that I think is supposed to make you feel for the character, which has the most on-the-nose lyric of, I hate love, I hate you, I hate me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards. Yeah, that was clearly the thinking Um, they were using in this movie. The The whole time. I do want to say, though, I do like the animation. That's what I was going to say. Because I was like, I was thinking for a moment when I was like, this is beautiful. The lighting, the lighting that these animators use and the color schemes are fucking it's beautiful. really lovingly detailed as well. Yeah. Like, it's, it feels like a really full world. It's, um, it's, it drives you crazy almost. All the care and attention they put into really realizing that racist caricature of a Chinese waiter. <laughs> and the, the lighting on his face as oh he my said God. those racist things. <laughs> it was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was like, there was ever, there were so many moments like that in the film where it, there was like really gross things happening or like whether it's the, the, what someone's saying or literally gross things, you know, like mm. a burp. Or someone getting shit on, or like getting shit thrown on them, or something. He's like deers just shooting shit out of their but bum. But it's done so fucking beautifully, <laughs> like it's insane. <laughs> and you can just imagine all these animators working there, like hating their lives and hating that this is what they're doing and that this is what they're pouring their art into. Like I can imagine being an animator, like in that studio, just being like, I can't believe this is what. <laughs> well, I probably should say that. Um, we might need to cut this out in case it doesn't happen, but we might be interviewing the director of this movie. <laughs> so, but 
he has come um, publicly stated that like he has come to terms with this movie. It's not the movie that he wanted to make. And uh. as an, I don't think he had sort of creative input on the comedy side of it. Like that was very much in Adam Sandler's wheelhouse. Yeah. But the on as an animation oh, like, director, I think he's done really well. It's a beautiful animation with a terrible script. That's yeah. basically yeah. what it is. It's so strange this type of movie because I, I believe that Adam Sandler like went in and just pitched this like they Sony didn't want to make animated movies at this point they they thought it was expensive and it was risky and Amy Pascal who was the head honcho at Columbia at the time because of her faith in Adam Sandler let this movie happen good god <laughs> and I'm just like I did I, I I went on Letterboxd and tried to make a list of all the sort of comedian driven animated films where the comedian is playing themselves and you've got like ants and you've got B movie. But it's such and uh Rover Dangerfield where Rodney Dangerfield plays a dog. What? <laughs> um, oh good shit. He's just he's just does all the Rodney Dangerfield do- jokes, but as a dog. Yeah, he's the dog this time. Was Ants Woody Allen? Yeah. yeah. Did he write? He didn't write that. No, though, did he? he didn't he write it. it. But, okay. he, but that, that film, like, I think it even like takes like lines from Woody Allen movies really? and like puts them right into Why like. Go back character. and rewatch that. I don't mind ants, despite it having a terrifying man and its lead. Well, I, I'm not even going to go into Woody Allen. Thing. I just <laughs> yeah, don't care. We won't, I just we don't won't care. get there. Uh, but like <laughs> the the, I remember seeing ants in the cinema when I was like a kid and liking it. Yeah, it's no, also it. it's hard to know if something was actually good if you saw it when you were child it's been like that's true years. like hook hook's what? good is it is it i haven't seen it since childhood either <laughs> i don't like hook and josh does it's a constant argument <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the final boss of this podcast is i you watch hook and i watch whatever dog shit film you want me to watch tron no not tron <laughs> uh i mean like i don't think i like tron as much as you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'll find some shit. Rover like Danger Tales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Oh, I, I love DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. <laughs> but, but with this one, um, with this one, you just got the sense that Adam Sandler needed a script editor. Like, yeah. he, like he basically needed someone to just be like, you could take out, ha- like, half the jokes in this movie literally are burp jokes and fart jokes. Like, you could take at least half of those out and just put anything else in. It's true. <laughs> I, I think, similarly to what I talked about on our little Nikki episode was I think this was kind of a passion project for Adam Sandler. Well, yeah, his name's above the door. I don't know if the studio will have made that decision to put his name above the title. I feel like he wanted to put it there. Well, it's partly, you know, this the character of Whitey, who we will come to know throughout this movie, mm. is a character that Adam Sandler created on a comedy album several years before, and I think must have had this sort of affinity for <laughs> it's a there's a 16 minute track on the album and it's not very funny it's just the character of whitey in a um in a mall having a conversation with a guy and there's not a funny character in the movie no like it's none not. of them are funny characters to be fair no. like there's not a single i didn't laugh I, once i have a, i have a funny character did you no you someone... don't I have a funny. What character. from this movie? <laughs> from this movie, the waiter. This is this is the character. This is the thing that made me laugh every time. I think Eleanor is funny. 
do you? Oh. I do. I don't. <laughs> that's, that's deeply I... sad and troubling. <laughs> Eleanor made me laugh more than anything else in this movie. Why? <laughs> or anything else I've seen in this series. Defend yourself. Yeah, please. Even just like, <laughs> give just one, one reason, but... So, more. Adam Sandler voices Whitey and Eleanor, uh, characters who are sort of troll-like creatures <laughs> who live in this town, who are... Uh, Fraternal siblings? No, not fraternal. Twins, fraternal twins. twins. Yeah, fraternal he's twins, the basketball yes. coach, sort of hero, underdog of the film. And she, she is, is his, his shut-in sister, yeah. who has a wig addiction. Yeah, think like Moira, Moira from Shit's Creek, but like without any of the charm or humor <laughs> or height or beauty or you know. Also, That's exactly yeah. why I liked it. It was the wigs. It was just the wigs. It was the the wig. I I don't know what it was. She just came out with lines, um, stuff like "My hiney is germ free and I love it." (laughs) Stuff like that just really got me going. She, uh, she, uh, I like small rectum again, isn't it, Jack? Just (laughs) straight on the small small rectum. rectum. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to see if I have any other lines. of hers written down. I've got one. She did get one laugh from me. Which, which was? When the guy who stole the wig comes up to her and goes, I'm really sorry I stole this years ago. <laughs> and she goes, oh, okay. And then kicks him, knocks him out, and then goes, one more thing. And then puts his hand down his pants. <laughs> that was it. That was a bit that didn't make me laugh. <laughs> so for me, I feel like stuff like that, if that had been like an isolated incident of like where they had like, that would have been like the one penis joke or like the like the one toilet <laughs> joke when she was like using the toilet cover as a as a thing for her seat or as a necklace or whatever. She's like, if it had been the one time where they had used like a spare amount of humor like that, I might have found it funny. Yeah. But it was just like that came at the end of a film where the only humor had been that. Like there there was like there was was there any jokes that wasn't about that shit? Yeah, I've found one. I've got one Mister, if you're gonna kill us, take off your wet shoes. That made me laugh. That was good. It's pretty good, yeah. And maybe I just like Adam Sandler's voice as Eleanor as well. I didn't know that was Adam Sandler. It's it's a superb performance. He falls yeah. into it. I will say he's a he's a you know decent voice actor. Um, I would say that he is a decent singer. Mm. Was that him singing the whole time as well? Yeah. Oh, see, that's also good because he's always he always like goes into that silly voice when he does his singing in real life. Mm. So I've never heard him do proper singing. I didn't realize that was him. Beautiful voice. Well He's done. got a good voice. And it's, I, I think I've said on the podcast before, I'd like to see him do like a full musical movie. Yeah. But again, like his other best work, it should be written by someone else. Someone else. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my, that's my big s- surprise of the movie is that, uh, Eleanor is my one true love. <laughs> didn't, I didn't like anyone. No. But yeah, I respect that. I respect that you found that to like. I'm trying to think if there's anything I liked besides the animation. Because I really fucking liked the animation. But besides that, I liked that it was short. I could tell from like about five minutes in once I got my internet working and I was able to watch it in like longer than 10 second bursts. I was just like, I found myself checking the clock like every three minutes. I was like, how much longer do I have left of this to go? And I was, I found it to be a very blessed thing that it was like a 75 minute film. Very, very so same. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And uh, this is the first film that I've watched with my housemates 
from this Just podcast. Like ever? Oh, yeah, ever. <laughs> I've never seen a film with them. <laughs> no, it's the first one that I've watched for this podcast and shown to my housemates at the same time. And, um, and what did they say? Fucking terrible. There was a moment, yeah. <laughs> I've got a moment written down. Oh, it was like when he goes into the mall, all the signs for all the shops come down. Oh, when he's like drunk and, uh, at night, he goes in and he's like, yeah. he gets his like life epiphany from hallucinating the shops talking to him. We saw what happened at the skating rink today. Horrible. Yeah, at that point, my housemate <laughs> turns to me in a voice of pure despair and went, the Foot Locker logo was singing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what's going on. Apparently, uh, all the shops and technology, like the Game Boy Advance that is shown in this movie, they did not ask to be uh, paid for this. They just wanted it in the movie as is, and um, they didn't get paid for all this. <laughs> the thing is, it's good marketing. I get that. You know, anything, because it's like you'll forget the movie, but you'll somehow still remember, like, a. a and man like, I don't know, like a person who was a footlocker. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's a good cameos thing. cameos in that sequence where you've got, um, Josh, you remember, you remember Peter Dante? I do remember who, Peter Dante. The man whose voice you said was lovely. It is, it's Surfer Butter. He voices the footlocker guy. Oh, cool. And, um, Tyra Banks voices the Victoria's Secret gown. Wow. And, uh, the Sprouse boys, Cole and Dylan Sprouse from Big Daddy voice, um... The little wooden toy God. man. Saved by capitalism. What a climax to a film. <laughs> <laughs> it is a... Ri- so this, this is in the audio thing as well. Like It all takes place in a mall and a lot of it is Whitey talking about his favourite stores. Which he then does again in this movie where they go to the mall and he points out like... Oh, you can go in here and get your Spencer's gifts and Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's quite good. Well yeah, it's done. like he's in the room. <laughs> yeah, it's made me feel revulsion. But... I mean, isn't that great? Of all the impressions I can do, it's of the most horrible voice <laughs> possibly imagine it's very good it's a skill you can go and do that at birthday parties now <laughs> i could go dressed as whitey oh, to kids birthday parties. i wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> um josh did you appreciate that this is the second movie we've had to cover that has a man with a hairy ass <laughs> <laughs> i'm so happy especially when well maybe you can count um Mr. Deeds as well, because when he's soaping his ass, it appears. I did that he think has... about that, but it's not a hairy. It's not ass, hairy. It's it? suddy. <laughs> Sudsy. Yeah, I'm very happy that hairy asses, but like obscenely hairy asses, is a common recurring theme. But he wasn't just hairy on his ass. He was his whole body was hairy. He basically had a shirt of hair. Is he like the missing body? link? It was like he was like... wearing the um, what is it? The ape suit that Mr. Burns has in The Simpsons. See my vest. Yeah, see my vest because he's kind of it's it's got a it's got a naked belly, but everything else is hair. I just kept thinking like there was going to be like a twist that he was the yeti. Well, I mean, that would have made it better because it was also like on top of it just being like not funny toilet humor being mm. its only source of comedy. Blah blah blah. Like also the plot was terrible. Plot is awful. Like, it is. A re- really strange plot. Like, he's a shitty person. He's a shitty person. He's a shitty person. He's a shitty person. He continues to be a shitty person throughout the film with no redeeming qualities, and then all of a sudden, uh, he's great, and then kisses the girl. Like, that's the plot. It is very strange that he is a a shitty person throughout, 
but it's supposed to be okay because his parents have died. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I found that to be just like a very strange thing in the middle, like because of the level of the comedy throughout, because it was all like fucking fart jokes. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's just this incredibly tragic story. And like, I was sitting there not. And it's really, it gets really it, sad. I cried. I was fucking sobbing. <laughs> Like, oh my god! I, I mean, I cried everything. To be fair, like if you know, there's, there's a very low bar for that. But I'm just like sitting there, just being like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. It's not funny. It's racist. It's sexist. Oh my god! Like, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm just like sobbing for five minutes. And just, but I felt myself getting really angry at the film for doing that because I was just like, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve this cry. I have the same issue with another movie we'll cover later on. Oh but, god! Um, Click does the same Click. thing to me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Was it the bit where the police cops come in and you just you know something bad's going to happen? Not in Click, in Eight Crazy what, Nights. In this? No, you cry because of oh oh I thought you meant when the police cops come in into the mall. No, not that bit. The end to arrest him. That's what I was thinking too. Oh, you mean in the basketball uh, thingy? Yeah, yeah, in the flashback, yeah. and he's trying to win for Daddy. <laughs> yeah, and then. He's... Daddy will never see. It's just so, like, unnecessarily cruel. It's like the story is this child of 12 loses his parents after, like, the biggest game of his child career. And it also happens to be on Hanukkah. Like, it's just everything about it. It's all very terrible, but I do enjoy that the parents had a chance to write the note as they were swerving out in their car about to be hit by a truck. I think they probably wrote the Hanukkah card before they left the house, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that people write cards that far in advance. I do actually always write cards in the car when I'm on my way somewhere. Like, when I'm getting an Uber to, like, wherever I'm doing Christmas, whatever year... I always write it in the car, yeah. Exactly. So they must have written so. it in the car. Like the mum's right, or whoever's they driving, whoever's not driving that's is writing pretty, it in yeah, the car. Yeah, that's definitely why they crashed. Like maybe if they yeah. were in their car before <laughs> they started driving. Don't drive and write cards, kids. Well, I think that this yeah. leads us into, it's a holiday movie. It's, mm. um, it is, according to like research I've done online, it is the only wide release Hanukkah movie. Like the only mainstream movie that's ever been made about Hanukkah. Yeah, doing us proud. I can't think of any others. Um, the, the only the only closest thing I could come to was um, uh, a Rugrats Hanukkah, which wasn't a theatrically <laughs> released movie. <laughs> um, uh. um, I yeah, I guess there aren't that many like themed Hanukkah because like Christmas has loads of like Christmas themed movies. Mm. But. I'm sure there's loads of movies where like Hanukkah happens in it. It's yes. just not the theme of the movie. This is this is the only one I think that is specifically referencing Hanukkah and its title. But I'm not entirely sure what the holiday has to do with the movie. Literally nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I was going to bring this up. So the the thing that pissed me off the most about the film is that it doesn't take place over eight crazy nights. <laughs> No, it's over like three or four, maybe. Also, Eight Crazy Nights is a is a line from Adam Sandler's The Hanukkah Song. Yeah, which um, I guess is when they were just struggling for titles after Whitey and Davy fell through. Um, it does actually feel like I, that didn't even occur to me. This this movie could have happened at any time of the year, and like, <laughs> yeah, and it would the, have been the fun. Fact, it, it, there's literally nothing Hanukkah or Christmassy about it, other but than the has... animation, which. 
is made beautiful because it's mm. happening over like a snowy northern America, northern town somewhere where there's like Christmas lights everywhere. So it's beautiful. It has a weird self-importance that I think a lot of holiday movies do. Like as soon as that fucking Rob Schneider narration kicked in where it's like, isn't the holidays great everybody? Ugh, maybe not for everybody. <laughs> Let's meet Davy Stone. <laughs> He's gonna start going down on his car. Oh god. Oh, god. So many other... <laughs> oh. really <laughs> horrible opening to this movie where it's just like gear yourself up, guys. You're gonna be spending an hour and fifteen minutes with this gentleman. With this character, the most horrible, pathetic dickhead. There, there is there is a moment in the film where it tries to imply that there's a Christmas miracle. When the one nail takes out all the tires on yeah. that bus, which then the guy is like, "I'll have this fixed in thirty minutes." Is he going to change every tire on that bus in thirty <laughs> minutes? Damn straight he is. I mean, I, maybe he got the magic reindeer to help him. I don't know. Yeah, the reindeer are very. It's weird again that it's um, a Hanukkah movie. Are they a Hanukkah but, thing? Like, the reindeer is a very Christmas thing. Yeah, say. although, are they just deer? I guess they are actually just deer. They kind of mm. refer to them in the film as... I, I can't remember, actually. This film has already left my head. One of the lyrics in the song, when he sees the reindeer for the first time, he goes, I don't think that reindeer are cute. To me, they're just something to shoot. He does say that, yeah. Yeah, true. And yet, we never have a scene of him shooting anything. Which is very yeah. sad. Because that would have been opinion. good. Gun humour. That would have been a break from... <laughs> shit humor <laughs> from scat, scat humor. humor it's true did anyone else at a certain point in this film think that it was going to go over the mighty ducks formula no i, I it... didn't think it would go to any formula just... <laughs> well, it, it, it focuses on the basketball league very minorly i know i was really gearing myself up for it. so i know we've kind of read out the plot synopsis but basically davy stone is just like a dickhead and he gets like vaguely arrested and then his old basketball coach comes to his aid and is like put put him in my put care put him in my care I'll Perfect. Help him out. <laughs> I didn't even have to ask <laughs> and then i really thought it was going to be a coach bombay like sorting himself out thing especially as he starts becoming a referee for a little league or whatever they yeah, call it baby league junior varsity yeah league. you're right there's no there's he doesn't coach basketball at all in the film like he plays one game with the kid of uh, the child of his like high school or 12 year old girlfriend like but that's not even part of the league like there is none of him coaching children there's nothing and then it's done and then you're like oh i guess he just goes well, back to being an I asshole think, you, you say this film doesn't take place over eight crazy nights but i think it might do, because there is this weird, I guess the best way to describe it would be a, a montage in which uh, Davy's trailer gets burnt down by a man he beat in basketball, because um, yeah. that's, you know, equal. <laughs> um, uh, so he has to meet the guy's jock strap. That's true, and the guy was still eating the jock strap while he was burning down. Because <laughs> he's a sportsman. Uh, I, was, I just, I, I kept thinking, like, why doesn't he just sue the guy who burnt down his trailer? He's seen him do it as, as has Whitey, respected man about town. 
Um, not respect. Clearly, they have a, a the functional movie. court system as well, so you really could get the guy done do. for burning his star stuff, <laughs> but no. <laughs> so he has to move in with Whitey and Eleanor, which does lead to both my favorite and least favorite musical number of the of the film in which Whitey and Eleanor instructs Davy on how he should act within their house. And I enjoy this musical number because I think it's it's okay written. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's, it's possible. possible. But I dislike it because it's sung by Whitey. <laughs> Whitey who has like three musical numbers in this movie. That voice with three musical numbers. Um but also, my true love, Eleanor, sings in that song, so I'm okay with it. But then you have, in his time in that house, his heart seems to have grown a la the Grinch because of the mm. love of Whitey and Eleanor filling the hole of the love of his parents. Yeah, and it happens over, what, two days or so? <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> I I feel like the, the Eight Crazy Nights are somewhere in that room. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, it could be. I suppose I was focusing on like there's four prominent. No, nights, because it's it's like maybe, Hanukkah throughout the whole film. Three others. That's true. That's so... true. Because the kid has already got gifts. Because he he like any spoiled brat, he just lists every gift he's got to a complete stranger. Which also, I can't yeah. believe that was his mom's budget working at like the food court at a mall. <laughs> at Dunkin' Donuts. I know. <laughs> with her son. He works there as yeah, well. Yeah, they work there together even though he's like 12. She's a single mom, but she's been able to buy him all of the latest technology every single night. And free dreidels. Yeah, well, when you love someone really enough, the constraints of capitalism don't apply to you. <laughs> well, you know, she yeah, works exactly. the mall. She gets a discount. Yeah. <laughs> um, Deal with it later. I don't know if you know this, Rebecca, but uh, the, the love interest is voiced by Adam Sandler's wife. Oh. Jackie Sandler, who is not an actress, really. She pops up in his movies, but doesn't appear in so anything it really else. is just a passion project. It's 100% just Adam Sandler. It's amazing that, like, the kid is not voiced by someone related to him. Uh-huh. Who played the kid? The kid? Austin yeah, Stout. I think he's in Matilda as a kid in the classroom, and that's the only other thing I could see of him being. He's in SpongeBob SquarePants as kid number one slash little boy. (laughs) Perfect. This guy's had a career. Where is he now? He stopped acting in 2006 after appearing in NCIS as Timothy Griffin. (laughs) Well, hi. (laughs) There we go. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that... That is how Davy gets his heart warmed, and then immediately broken in what is a really strange way again, because Whitey just retells the story of Davy's death, D- Davy's parents' death, in front of him, whilst Davy is clearly uncomfortable about hearing this story. I would be yeah, angry as well. He's the nicest well. man in town. Yeah, me too. <laughs> he's just like, oh, your parents died. Ah, what a poor kid. His parents died. Oh, how horrible. Why don't you tell me more? <laughs> That's really good. God, you could just do it all. Are you secretly Adam Sandler? Why else would I host this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh god it's just it's got like the structure of a story that if someone with more humor talent had written it could have been something good 
But it's just that because every chance to make it funny is filled with a scat joke. But it's yeah. I, it feels like it's this is a question. Who is this movie aimed at? What age group is this movie mm. aimed at? I think like like thirteen year olds, maybe. I I feel like I'd say eleven year olds who wish they were thirteen year olds. Maybe that maybe that's better. Yeah. It is a PG thirteen movie, so yeah. Because oh. actually, maybe American thirteen year olds, like maybe eleven <laughs> year olds were classier. But I is feel it... like I remember this because I, I was trying to work out how old I would I would have been like fourteen when this came out. Um, but I feel like I remember like people talking about it roughly near near my age, maybe, who seemed kind of excited about it. I mm. do so I and I, yeah, I feel like it must have been million. yeah, not that excited. <laughs> but it must have been aimed at like prepubescent Jewish boys. I guess so. Yeah. Those were always the people I heard singing the Adam Sandler songs as well. You know, when I was like. 11 12 it was like my cousins you know just on and on with the that shit so they thought yeah, it was pretty sense. brilliant i think just once again to tie into uh how much of a personal project this is for sandler the parents in the film are voiced by his parents oh <laughs> jesus christ stan and judy sandler Maybe it was just something he dreamed of doing since he was a little boy. <laughs> being a what, killing his parents and <laughs> being a drumming his parents and then being a dicker. No, just like making like a whole silly, stupid fart joke Hanukkah movie for kids. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the only thing that makes me wonder is that like there are like a bunch of jokes in there where I'm like that's not quite kid appropriate. Like there's <laughs> like it's it's it feels like it should be something that's like really funny for like boys, I guess, of a certain age, of a certain era, from a certain country whatever i guess but... like this is um this is three years after the south park movie and it feels so of that ilk where, without that movie i'm guessing this one doesn't get made yeah no. but it really is like heavy on a lot of shit that just doesn't feel like it's appropriate for anyone much less kids <laughs> no yeah singing about getting erections well, that's it's, good it's, I, like, or just like the just yeah the, the casual racism and sexism is just really hard to get by transphobia back again is there transphobia in there as well transphobia yeah oh yeah the mayor's wife yeah yeah just for no reason for no reason in the middle of this movie there's just a throwaway line where like for comedy in the middle of one of the songs they're just like and i like the, the mayor's wife is like and i used to be a man and you're just like where does that this isn't even a one-line <laughs> character in the film. like you just thought it necessary to do transphobia for one line as a yeah, what's the yeah. same with like the guy who John Lovitz who has a hook for a hand is his the hook is only in there for the line of like I wonder if that guy ever wiped his ass with the wrong hand. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Although that he did get a laugh out of me, which is when he pats the mayor on the back <laughs> with the hook hand. You love your hook humor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because I want to be watching Hook. <laughs> Reminds you of time. watching films that are better than this one, basically. Or just like that woman with three boobs who has two two appearances in the whole film. Also great. <laughs> or um the homeless guy who perks up when someone mentions crack in a song. Yeah. Yeah, that got a laugh from I, me. The, the problem guy I got had a laugh from me so... on the line of I may be dirty and smelly, but in the dark I'm just smelly. Yeah, I wanna So most weeks we sort of talk about how many times 
Actually, I think I'm the only one who keeps meticulous notes of how many times I laugh. But I laugh nine times in this film. Really? And um, I mean, how often is Eleanor on screen? Because <laughs> no. that, that's the amount of times I laugh. It's just every time. But what I realised with laughing at this film is a lot of the laughs that I did weren't laughs at what was actually happening. They were more laughs at like, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go again. <laughs> like, the my first laugh was the burp. And that was just like, for fuck's sake, is this what I'm going to have to deal with for 76 minutes? And then the next one is like, I laughed when he started singing because I forgot it was a musical. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I have to deal with this for 76 Josh, minutes. Is this just you and being was... like worn down by watching yeah, I think these so. movies? No, but I was like, in my head, or no, I was talking to housemates again being like, I should I count those as real laughs? Because I'm not really laughing at with the film. I'm laughing because just out of pure despair. <laughs> but I think I have to give it to it that it elicited that response. It It's a comedy that made me laugh. Maybe not for the reasons it wants, but it did. It is. <laughs> and I have to look in the mirror and deal with that, with that knowledge that this film made me laugh nine times, making Do it... Do you think if you had been watching it alone... You would have still laughed. Oh, that's another good point. Probably not as much because, again, there was the the metatextual aspect. Or would you have laughed more in that <laughs> you weren't embarrassed to uh, anymore to be laughing at this movie in front of your friends? No, because I, I think most of the laughs I did in this were from pure embarrassment. <laughs> slash, <laughs> slash. I would the... think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I spoke to my screen a few times. I, I, I like, can't really remember, but like, I feel like I was conscious of the fact I was really annoyed by this whole film. What if you spoke to your screen and just suddenly Whitey turned around and goes, In a minute, Rebecca, I'll get to you later! <laughs> that would have improved the experience. What can I say? It really couldn't have been a worse experience. So if that had happened, that would have been welcome. I'm so sorry that we got you on for a movie that might be <laughs> the worst experience you've had in 2020. No. I spent three ninety nine renting this movie off of Amazon and I can claim it on my expenses next year. <laughs> well, thank God. Also, Jack, this is the second week in a row that we've had to apologise to the guests for inviting them on for the worst film possible. I mean, what was so, Wait, what was the last one? Uh, the Master of Disguise. Starring Dana Carvey. Was that, and that was a Happy Madison that film? Was. Yep, yep. Is that Sandler in that no. too? No. <laughs> right. Okay, so he makes films that he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next week I'm sure we'll apologize to our guest for making me watch <laughs> the hot chick. With Rob Schneider. With Rob the hot Schneider. chick with Rob Schneider. I remember that being marketed as the hot chick with Rob Schneider. Or yeah, Rob yeah. Schneider is the hot chick. The hot chick. Was he the hot chick? He is the hot chick. Right. He is the hot chick. <laughs> Your face looks so it's hilarious already. It is what it is. Really funny when a guy's a hot chick. <laughs> I see where the humor's coming from already. We'll do this all again next week. Oh god. Uh, but you won't have to be here, Rebecca. No, so thank God. Should... <laughs> it was just this. This movie really was like an exercise in how many different ways can something be bad. That's how I felt about it. <laughs> Like every every time I thought I hated it so much already, like another line would come and I'd just be like, wow, I hate this even more than I did a minute ago. And yet, because I do agree, and yet, mm. it is not the worst movie we've covered. No. What is the worst one? For me, it probably is Master of Disguise. 
It's Master really of Disguise or Joe Dirt. But for me, based on my laugh scale, this is my second favorite film <laughs> ever of the of the <laughs> ever of the of the lot that we've watched. Ooh, what got With, the most laughs? Uh, Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds. Okay. This is probably my second favorite film of the ones we've watched. Wow. Uh, second to The Animal, which is Rob Schneider. Yeah. As well. yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, that's what if he was an animal. <laughs> Can we? T- I feel like we need to talk a bit more about that weird scene in which all the logos come to life. Yeah, because it really is just a moment in the film. I don't understand what it says. Nothing like, in what- that film says anything. <laughs> like there's no, there's no, there's nothing emotionally important or relevant. There's nothing makes sense. Do they just come to life in his mind? Are they really alive? Are they watching over him? Are they guardians of the mall? It's got to be a sort of like Dumbo. Is it Dumbo? Well, yeah, pink elephants on parade. Fantasia. Yeah, the mall version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally. Like, that's what it is, isn't it? Is just, the, is... Yeah, he's having a drunk hallucination. I forgot to say that the rapping granny from The Wedding Singer was also one of the uh, mall things. She was the Sea Candies box. Oh, that's nice. So, you know, he got, he got the whole gang in. Maybe the film is actually a comment on the commercialization of Hanukkah, the fact that instead of a chorus of angels coming down to help him in his time of crisis it is in fact the brands and logos of those brands that come to his aid therefore reinforcing the american ideal of consumerism and capitalism and in fact this is the greatest work of satire ever made you know what the annoying thing is it would have taken like about <laughs> one tweak to the script to make that true, Facts. and it would have been an infinitely better movie. Yeah, I mean, there, there, and it's sort of that the whole way through. You could have added one line to most scenes just to make it something infinitely more like hitting, you know, for it to have any any substance whatsoever, other than to just put it all into one scene where, oh my god, his parents are died and he grew up in a foster home, and like all of the all of the residence has been poured into that scene, and there's. Yeah, not a shred of it in the rest of it. Although I do like that take on the mall scene. I do like to think that it was sort of like the low-key reason why we got Bernie Sanders in America like 15 years later. <laughs> do you think he, he watched be. this movie? Yeah, it was his. I went, this will not fucking stand. This is the only Hanukkah movie we have to yeah. watch. <laughs> like, my inspirations are Karl Marx and Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> you'll know what it's like if you're a socialist and a Jew you gotta draw on all the inspirations that culture will give you and they don't give you any <laughs> and there's only yeah. two this film earns nothing because there's a line like three quarters of the way through the film where the narrator they remember they have a narrator again <laughs> kind of like in The Master of Disguise does that happen? yeah that did happen in The Master of Disguise it does well. happen but about three quarters of the way through the film and Davey's done something shitty is this Rob Schneider pipes in going, just when you started to like David. <laughs> I remember when that I remember when that line happened, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, did we? Did anybody? And I was just like, when? Because he's been so shitty. It's not even like your classic like grumpy guy getting a turnaround and turning into a good person. Like he's so shitty that like He froze a man and poo. Yeah, that was it. It was like when he did that. When he pushes Whitey who's trying to just earn a dollar, literally, quite literally trying to earn a dollar from some other people who are being assholes to him after he falls out of a Christmas tree and he's like, I'll clean the toilet for a dollar. 
And then Adam Sandler pushes him into the toilet, and you're like, wow, that's really shitty. And then he pushes the fucking toilet down the hill, and you're like, wow, that's even shittier. And then he get, and then Whitey gets out of the, the, the portaloo, and Adam Sandler c- covers him with water and freezes him in a block of ice shit. And you're just like, this is actually so awful that, like, there's no, no one could come, no character could come back from that. He is a really horrible character to spend. It's a really strange decision because something I've noticed with the Adam Sandler movies we covered, as opposed to like the Rob Schneiders or David Spades, is that he is best when he's playing a lovable loser. Yeah. Um, at least in his comedies. Um, but he... And I guess here his lovable loser is Whitey. Yeah. But Davy is so cruel and like mm. and it's Adam Sandler using that voice that I think I described in Mr. Deeds that I really didn't like where he's just like Yeah Yeah probably the voice everyone thinks of yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, horse shit like all that. He does get a horse shit in this movie. I was happy to see. He does. It's it's a really odd choice to make us spend all this time with this very horrid man and then just cram down our throats but you should because he's got dead parents parents it sort of reminds me of like every fucking shitty person i've ever met i was gonna say shitty dude (laughs) gender it but it's like basically like people who like blame all their shittiness as a person on either something that happened to them or i don't know their mental health or something you know just and it's just like no you're just a shitty person like you know things happen to a lot of people like you have a choice of how you're gonna take that like you know, it's it's very very difficult if your parents die, like extremely difficult. But doesn't mean that you need to then like dump a portaloo full of shit on someone twenty years later as an adult. <laughs> Those things are not connected. <laughs> he teaches Eleanor how to eat a corn dog, so you know, my heart that's true. He Why would you put a stick in a sausage? Oh, how futuristic! Are we to believe that. Whitey and Eleanor aren't Jewish when he's doing like a horribly Jewish stereotypical <laughs> voice. Like, like several times they go, "We don't celebrate Hanukkah. We celebrate Christmas." I guess you're supposed to think they're like other New York City, <laughs> although they're not from New York City. I'm not quite sure about all. Well, they say wicked something is wicked awesome at some point, so I assume it's like general Massachusetts Northeast. again. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be based on New Hampshire, which is where right. Simon there we go. grew up. Because this is Sandler's life on screen. I wonder if this did happen to him. There's this uh, weird decision, I think, to have Davy look exactly like Adam Sandler, but cut, but yeah. when he's shirtless, yeah, swat, you know, free swat. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> I was thinking this. No, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Around the time, or like it's not his body then, but that was his body around Billy Madison time. Okay, because he was like, "There's a picture of kids at home Google Adam Sandler crop top." Because boy had some boy had some bod going on. Yeah, but definitely not at, at this time. T- at, at this time, and not at this time. Come no, you've got to say if you were going to get an animated film made with you in it, you would make yourself hotter. Like you would definitely. I don't know if he is hotter though. I don't think like Davy. Well, Davy, it's not the kind of animation where you can call anyone in it hot. To be fair, like there's so little detail. <laughs> like it's a beautiful animation, but I would say it's more the background animation that's beautiful. Like the character animation, I, I would say is very like middling, normal. Mm. Looks like it was sort of done. Yeah, the character designs are very Iron Giant esque. Yeah, very, I can see like, that. 
I, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just very, they're, they're quite simple. Like, not, not, not like overwhelmingly good or overwhelmingly bad, just like nice character design. Whereas it's the backgrounds where you're just like, that's fucking wow. <laughs> all, all the character design money was spent on Whitey and Eleanor. <laughs> and the deer, especially when they chew shit. Oh, you know what I was disappointed with? <laughs> like, there was a before even the uh, racial stereotypes and burps at the beginning. Mm. You have the Columbia logo with Eleanor in place of the Columbia lady. Yeah, but then like, but like it's it's so blink and you miss it. Because at first I was like, oh, that's funny. And then she turns into the real Columbia lady. Wouldn't it have made more sense to just have the Columbia lady turn into Eleanor? Yeah. I feel like they wanted it both ways, didn't they? Like, because that, kind of, that kind of changing the studio um, ident thing, that, like, that happens all the time now. But at the time, had that really happened that much? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what Eight else? Crazy Nights did not invent this. I'm not saying they invented it, but I'm saying like nowadays. Like Waterworld had it. Um, there's definitely other movies that had it before. Well, fuck. The, uh, the Flintstones, where they do Universe Shell. <laughs> yeah, no, all right, fine. <laughs> but maybe they just didn't trust didn't trust this project enough, and were like, we're not going to pervert our ident for for this. I still just think there was like not really a script editor and so like <laughs> everything that got suggested just went in without someone being like maybe it would be better if you tweaked this thing so let's let's skip along to the end please um, <laughs> davy breaks into the mall as we know and then is he's the the whole film is building towards the sort of local gym awards evening yeah um where the town gives people awards and whitey has wanted uh the patch this is Whitey's emotional arc. He doesn't win. It's given to one-handed John Lovitz. Who's a billionaire. Like John Lovitz. So, a so billionaire. you don't feel bad when it gets taken away from him. You don't have to feel bad for him because he's a billionaire. I also That's true. sort of felt like he donated like a whole new scoreboard to the town. I was like, yeah, but he's a billionaire. It's just like so. it, it sort of just makes sense why they would give him the patch. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't angry about it. I was like, give Whitey the patch oh. next year. Just, like, why did everyone realize at the end that Whitey was a great guy they needed to give a shit about? Like, there wasn't, like, a case made for, like, things he'd done. No, it was all the way... I think they just all realized that they've been really horrid to him. Yeah. Like, um... This also includes... The final song that Josh sent me a nice voice recording of him singing... Um... Uh... Has everybody breaking out and saying of all the horrible stuff they've done to Whitey, like making him stand on top of their TV yeah. and getting struck by lightning. Which just like, what a horrible town as well. You're like, wow, no wonder Adam Sandler's character is a product of this town. You're all terrible people. Yeah, that's why the police want to lock him up because he is the unacceptable face of, he's a he's a bad mirror yeah. to the rest of the town and they need to suppress <laughs> the id of All the, the hatred of the town lives exactly. within. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, he, uh, he's basically the Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, um, he reflects everything back. It, it, Donald Trump, like, and racism, like that would be like what's what's the character? I keep forgetting Adam Sandler's character. Davy Stone. Davy, Davy, he's like the Davy Stone to this town. Like, yeah, the, it's like it was it was already there. Everyone was shitty. It was just like America was already racist before Donald Trump came along. This town was already shitty before Davy came along, but he was too obvious because he covered <laughs> small men in literal shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they need to get rid of him so that they can deny that there was ever any yeah. shittiness while still being exactly. shitty. It's really strange because he is like seconds away from being arrested at the end of this. Well, he is arrested. Like yeah. he broke into the mall. And then he's like, wait, let me sing a song about Whitey. <laughs> Which they let him do. And then I'm the charges aware. are sort of dropped. Yeah, because well. he's a good person now, or he's helped. We haven't really talked about Whitey, I realised. about like, <laughs> definitely his, have. <laughs> or like his, his character. So Whitey's like the physical. eternal optimist. He's the eternal optimist. He's got a club. He's got one giant foot and one baby foot. He's As does Eleanor. Eleanor, yeah. Yeah, but the opposite. And he also has seizures. He does. No Hilarious. Reason. Hilarious seizures. Yeah, so basically Eleanor and Whitey both have like uh... multiple disabilities. Uh, and all... that's just funny. That's funny, apparently. I'm sorry I funny. found Eleanor funny. <laughs> I had Whitey made me laugh, I think, one time. That was when him and Eleanor were dunking their feet into uh, the foot baths, and he just goes, See you later, smell! You know what? That <laughs> I didn't good. laugh at that, but I did. The, the one time I remember, like, sitting there and thinking, this is kind of amusing, was when... Davy came back with them and they had a foot bath labeled guest. That's quite good. There's a good little detail in the animation. Yeah, and I just, I remember thinking like, oh, that must have been a nice, like, instruction to read as an animator, like, knowing that the rest of this film was going to be a (laughs) steaming pile of shit. You're like, oh, I guess. Similar sort of thing that I didn't laugh at, but I noticed and I was like, I'll note this down. Uh, Whitey is reading a magazine at one point, which is called Short and Goofy Quarterly. (laughs) Again, quite good. Yeah, I thought that was kind of good, but at the same time I was like, that's a solid boomer joke. That's like, right in that (laughs) Well, it's 2002, you're allowed to be a boomer back then. Well, Adam Sandler is a boomer, like... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is a boomer movie. I want to mention my favourite crammed lyric in the final song. In which the young boy just suddenly burst out. And on Christmas Eve and the last night of Hanukkah too. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Um, And then Adam Sandler just goes, it's just not fair. And that's when it goes into bum biddy biddy bum biddy 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 bum bum. That was beautiful. Uh, That was just like a solid piece of what a nod to traditional Jewish, uh, you know, (laughs) dancing and song. Beautiful, really. Oh, um, we missed the most nightmarish part of this movie, Mm -hmm. which is where the mayor makes a joke, a very bad joke, a very bad knock knock joke. Oh yeah, everybody. bursts into sort of laughter and applause in a really sort of chilling, sort of demented way that only this small town that this film is set in could could bring to life. Um, Someone starts slamming their head into a table. I believe that is the Asian man. Um, And uh, Eleanor sort of like walks backwards and forwards. I had to rewind this bit just to like fully take it in where she's walking backwards and forwards and just going (laughs) It's a uh, kids like burst snot out of their nose, deers shoot uh, poo pebbles out of their bums. Just yet another unnecessary (laughs) sketch. It's like every joke has a poop joke in it for no like it could be a joke without that. It could be. That's for the eight-year-old 
brothers or sisters watching with the 11 year olds yeah who who, who won't stay interested Maybe. if you don't have uh like a poo joke every minute and a half <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that, that or a yeah. joke. I just wanted to mention that sequence because it really. I feel like if I was a kid when I watched this, I would have been quite disturbed by it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, yeah. I guess the poo jokes would have brought me right back in. I blame like bad humor in America on shit like this. <laughs> like the fact you blame that- bad humor in America on bad humor in America. Well, like um, I blame it on like. The- elevation of this stuff you know what fuck it i blame like trump on this like the, this the, the <laughs> idiocy of america and like the celebration of idiocy like this came out in the middle of george w bush's presidency that is not a coincidence <laughs> i did think at one point because i had a conversation yesterday with a friend about what if if hamilton is the piece of art that comes out of the obama era what <laughs> is it for trump and i suggested cats um <laughs> uh but I, is this, like, the ultimate George W. Bush piece of art? Yeah, I think so. Weirdly, even though Adam Sandler is definitely not a George W. Bush supporter. like I Oh, feel he like... definitely is. Is he? He Was is he? a Republican. He really is. is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, we're not sure if he's a Trump Republican, but we know he's... No, a... he's a Giuliani Republican. Oh, this is funny. I just assumed he wasn't because I assumed that all Jews are Democrats, which is, like, about 70% true in America. <laughs> it really is, like, like a hugely Democrat... God, he's not one of... The... Okay, well, I'm not surprised. I mean, that entire town this is your in humor. this movie is definitely, like, all Trump supporters. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. a red town. Yeah. Maybe not whitey. This kind of humor, this kind of humor, though, is also truly like like people who celebrate stupidity. That's how I would describe this humor, and that's how I describe Trump supporters. Yeah. In his defense, he only donated two thousand one hundred dollars to Giuliani's presidential campaign, so not but that do much. Do you think that's how much he was just? Pay- that's the do you limit. Think that's how much he was paying Giuliani for cameoing in uh, anger management. Oh, I didn't even know he's going to do that. Oh. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Does he cameo in a uh, what's it called? Rain over me. I haven't seen Rain over me. I'm so <laughs> excited to see Rain over me. Do you know this, Rebecca? He, no. That, that Sandler did a sort of 9/11 reaction movie. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he plays a character who lost, loses his family in Well, imagine they were all working. Guys, imagine <laughs> thinking you were such an auteur that, like, even though you're like the gross-out, silly comedy guy, that you should make a nine eleven reaction film as well. Like, but a- hey, yeah. we've said we like his serious stuff, so maybe we said that we like his serious stuff that other people make. The other people write. Uh, <laughs> he's a good um, enough actor when he's doing other people's stuff. I just, yeah, I have literally yet to see something he has come up with himself that I think is a good I'm idea. So excited for Rain Over Me. It's going to be a real. This podcast has become surprisingly 9 11 focused because, <laughs> because we're talking about movies that were being made during 9 11. And they, like, on Mr. Deeds was surprisingly. It's a New York set movie, and there's a lot about I love New York in that movie. Yeah. This one doesn't yeah. seem so touched. No, by but it does album. feel to me like of that time in America. Like it really does feel like like there was. I guess I think that's when you talk about that era of comedy where it was like stupid comedy, gross out comedy, all of that stuff. Like t- to me, it just is always going to be. It's going to feel shitty because it feel like it just reminds me of like how much being stupid was celebrated 
growing mm. up there and trying to deal even as a child with like George W. Bush's president and just like hating that, hating that this was what our culture was and just feeling like, how could this be reality? There's a weird thing about stupid comedy is that there is, there is smart stupid comedy. There's satire on stupidity. Something like, you know, using Homer Simpson to be a commentary on the American people is definitely... A, a thing. Yeah, but this, this isn't is the more Simpsons. just like no, this isn't the Simpsons. This is just more like, <laughs> what if we were stupid? What if it's it's not even like <laughs> what if we are we're stupid? It's like we are stupid and we're making a movie, but we don't know we're stupid. We think we're <laughs> really clever. Anyway, the film ends. We're <laughs> back at back at the mall. Whitey's gone back at, to the mall because he's depressed. they break into the mall like they just walk in. It's very strange. And uh, everyone in town shows up because Davy's sung to them about how horrible they've been to Whitey, and they uh, they decide to give him all the patches of all that they've ever had they've ever for thirty five years, including the three on the one woman with three boobs. <laughs> Sight gag. Because she got a badge for each boob. Because women <laughs> boobs. Women. The film ends on Whitey having a seizure, but a happy one. But not before a happy seizure. But- uh, not before Davy, out of fucking nowhere, earns a love interest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Having had two conversations with that woman, Does whose name I can't remember. She's just a lady. <laughs> Jennifer. She's just a lady with a child and a butt. Yeah, she's just a lady with a child who is instantly available. And despite well, she being, was, she was in love with him when she was twelve, and clearly, but she was twelve. He's like thirty-five now, <laughs> and. They meet twice. Once he doesn't recognise her. Second time she gets told about his dead parents, which she already knew yeah, about. She's like, why can't he be more like he was when he was twelve before the trauma? Because he's thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, she, they're just like, "Well, I guess you're gonna fuck now." For it is written like yeah. someone who has no emotional capacity to understand how humans work. <laughs> so uh. like, "Well, my wife's gonna play the role, so she has to end up with me because she's my wife." <laughs> she should have ended up with Whitey. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been nice opinion. if Whitey. I I was very happy that Whitey was a good skater. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, he's he's got something in his life." It's very depressing. Life. Yeah, it was a him and Eleanor both. Like, it's a very sad state of existence. I was like, why couldn't they even just make Eleanor his wife so that you're like happy that this little man found a little lady and they like live their happy little life ever after? Like, it, it's just made infinitely more sad by the fact that's his sister rather than his wife. Mm. Well, we don't know that they're mutually exclusive. He, he does refer to his imaginary wife a few times throughout the movie. True. Um, so that's that oh. is eight crazy. It ends on a, a version of the Hanukkah song. Uh-huh. I, tr- I I I was gonna write a version of the Hanukkah song where I sing all our names into it, but I couldn't think of good <laughs> rhymes. What a loss for us! <laughs> I do you know what this film has done more than anything else is remind me that the Hanukkah song exists, which means it's now going to be stuck in my head for the next few weeks. Which it hasn't <laughs> been there since I was a kid, and I hate you guys for that more than anything else. <laughs> do you know there's like sorry. six versions of it? Yeah, I you know I went to a Jewish school growing up, so like that was like a song that people sang a lot, uh, <laughs> like just in the hallways. <laughs> It's time for Hanukkah to drink your gin and tonica. Natalie Portmanica. 
Oh yeah, I remember the Monica thing because that came out around. I always thought that that Monica was the Bill Clinton Monica. Is that true? I don't know. This is what my head thought I've, when I was a kid. I, it's who knows. I remember thinking, that's cool. He made a political statement in that song. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is the movie. That is Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. Josh, did you know that this film was nominated for an award? Was it? What award was that? This was uh, our old friends, the Kid Choice Awards. <sighs> Oh, for they have sake. such great taste, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first PG thirteen film nominated for a kids' choice award. Is it best burp? Is it best it's burp? Not. Is it best burp? It's not. Oh, what? It, it it won favorite voice from an animated movie for Adam Sandler. Uh, which voice? Who? It yeah. doesn't say which voice, so I can only assume it was for Eleanor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it will have been white, dude. Come on. Uh, beating out Ice Age for Ray Romano and Ice Age for Dennis Leary and Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron for Matt Damon. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's the only time that Adam Sandler's got beat any of those guys in anything. I, would. I feel like he could beat Ray Romano a few times. No, because even in like mainstream TV comedy, which is Ray Romano's thing, I feel like something about Raymond probably beat anything Adam Sandler did for. I wish that show was called something about Raymond. Whatever. What's it actually called? (laughs) Everybody loves Raymond, but I like something about Raymond more. Um, it was also nominated for a few Razzie Awards, but I'm tired of reading those because I hate the Razzies. They're always boring. They're just like, oh, you're a shit actor. It's like, yeah, I do actually. On. I hate the concept of the Razzies because even though we've sat here talking for an hour and a half about how shit this is, I feel like <laughs> it is actually mean to make a whole awards about it. Like everybody involved yeah. in making things is like at minimum is like doing it because they need a job, and at most is actually proud of it and feels like shit when you you know, go out and just rag on it. So, fuck the Razzies. Though I'll say this. It was nominated for a few The Stinker's Bad Movie Awards. No. What the fuck is that? Which I guess it's like a sort of adjacent Razzies. Shit Razzies. But, um, I'd say the nominations here are a bit more. It got West, Worst Fake Accent Male for Rob Schneider. Okay, deserved. Good. Um, most Annoying Non-Human Character, Whitey. Non-human. She is a yeti. (laughs) And uh, worst song or song performance in a film or its end credits, and that's for the Hanukkah song part three. Uh, Curious who won worst fake accent over Rob Schneider. Who else was racist in 2002? So many people. Um, The winner was Harrison Ford in K-19, The Widowmaker. Not aware of this. Oh, he's just playing Russian in Dana that. Carvey for the Master of Disguise was also nominated. Oh my god. Uh, each week, Rebecca Wheaton, Josh and I, and, and our guest get to pick our MVP of the movie and LVP of the movie. Uh, you can be as esoteric as you want when picking these. Okay. We certainly are. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first with my MVP, which is... Uh, uh, Eleanor Duval. Oh, that what a shock! <laughs> Obviously, come on. <laughs> um, but uh, and uh, my LVP is Rob Schneider for this one, just for doing that accent throughout this movie, and yeah. also for his just smug narration. Really hated the narration. Really bad. <laughs> it just gave it tried to give it a levity that it doesn't deserve. Runner-up MVP though is the animation team on this one. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh, do you have an MVP? Uh, I was going to go for animation team, but now I think I'll go for the end credits. Because <laughs> you love because... the Hanukkah song. Because the Hanukkah song was quite good, and also it, it made me know that the it let me know that the film was done. That was yeah. Also, really, <laughs> I remember that the end credits were blue and red. Both those, I believe, uh, that's the color. Very nice colors. I thought you could red. say both those are, I believe, are colors. <laughs> <laughs> those are two colors that exist, unless I have been misinformed. <laughs> and I think both of them are very good. They work very well together. Uh, LVP, yeah, Rob Schneider as well because I didn't realise while I was watching the film that he was doing the Chinese waiter character and I really hated him for the narrator but on finding that out it's just abhorrent and <laughs> un- indefensible undefensible, indefensible Both. that's how not defensible yeah. <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah uh, how about God, you Rebecca? MVP, yeah, I would also have to agree animation team but uh, yeah. If I'm gonna not say the animation team, wow. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to say whoever was the one responsible for making it only 75 minutes, in as much as I expect with the amount of like confidence that film was made with, that that script was probably like a two hour movie, <laughs> and someone probably did get Adam Sandler and team to cut it down by about half. So, MVP to whoever that was behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and LVP also to I don't want to say to Rob Schneider because I it's like how who knows who created that character really, but LVP to whoever but he's he's the one who agrees to voice it yeah. and does that voice okay. and has done it again since and this yeah and then defends it yeah okay LVP to Rob Schneider I'm sorry Rob because like, I'm sure <laughs> he's a nice enough guy but I uh yeah. yeah that in a movie which was universally terrible on like. 150 different levels that character was a standout like every time that character came back up I was like oh my god I forgot they were just doing outright heavy racism (laughs) in the middle of this (laughs) shitty film that would have been shitty without it this just like takes it to an extra level of shitty so yeah I did think at one point just because we've talked about the animation team quite a lot um, why is this film animated? (laughs) I have no well I guess because you can't have reindeer shoot shit out of their tight rectums. I feel like you could do something with animatronics. <laughs> do you think? Or... It just, um, I guess, I guess freezing. Whitey had ship to freezing. be... It's all the ship freezing. Whitey probably had to be realised in animation. Yeah. Yeah, True. probably a combination of that and the fact that at this point Adam Sandler would have been like height of his career fame and just probably had a lot of clout to do what he wanted and a lot of money and, you know, if he wanted to spend yeah. $25 million making this film, could do it. So if he wanted he it to did. be animated, why not? Like, you know, I support that. I support doing animation where it doesn't need to be. <laughs> More of Very it, please. Yeah. Commendable. If you were asked if, if uh, you would like to work on Nine Crazy Nights, you in there? I mean, this isn't really the kind of animation I do, so on that alone I'd have to say no, but if it was, no. No, I'm to be at a point in my career I can say no to things that I don't, let's say, ideologically get on with. <laughs> I do wish there was a nine crazy nights now. Oh, God. I was going to say, what could you possibly ideologically object to in this film? <laughs> it just it takes well, too many wrong turns to pick. <laughs> it just is it's one tricky. wrong turn. Well, well, Rebecca, now that you've um, you, you've stated your ideological preferences, 
how can people find you and follow you to find more of those? Oh, okay. My name's Rebecca, which is spelled like, you know, Rebecca. You can spell it wrong, but you'll get corrected on the <laughs> internet. Which is the kind of two C's and one B's. And my last name's Hendon. H-E-N-D-I-N. So you can just Google that and it'll take you to the different social medias that exist. I'm the only living person with my name as far as I know, so it's pretty easy. That's very cool. Thanks. It's totally my doing. <laughs> killed all the others <laughs> is there anything you'd like to plug other than your socials uh no because america just had an election so i don't need to plug democracy um <laughs> oh, job done yeah. for now oh god uh you know donate time and money if you have it to something good i don't have anything i personally need to plug i'm not selling anything that's all right that's all right <laughs> um you can find me at JFG and Digital 3D on Twitter or Instagram. Josh? Oh, uh, yeah, you can find me at Papsby, like Gatsby, but Paps, P-A-P-S-B-Y. Anywhere you want, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's fun, I promise. Before, before we uh, give the show's details, because um, I remember we wanted to ask this before, would you watch this movie again? Are you, who are you asking? Anyone. No. <laughs> I If I hadn't had to watch this for the show, I would have switched it off about five minutes in. And I, I had to do other things. Thank while, you for sticking with thank it. Thank you. I, I, I genuinely had to do other things while I was watching it to, like, curb my hatred from overwhelming me. Like, like I did my, like, my workout, and then, then when the workout was over, I just, like, carried it around with me while I did my, like, house chores. Because I was like, I need to occupy the rest of my brain. <laughs> that this isn't filling with anger yeah it's like the sun during an eclipse you can't look no. totally at it you can't completely look at it otherwise it'll send exactly. you insane might have done that anyway it might be like a lagging <laughs> but we'll see and Josh would, would you watch this again? <laughs> uh no I wouldn't watch it I don't it think again. no it's just there's, there's nothing in it's, it it's also not the kind this. of bad that's like bad enough to be funny no the same, we haven't really the, got one of those yet. The same as Master of Disguise, it wasn't bad enough to be funny. No. Uh, it's just... Alright, so you can follow the show at TrueHapMad across Twitter and Instagram, and you can email us at TrueHapMad at gmail.com And that is our show for the week. Next week, as we've said, we're talking about the hot chick. We yeah. have a guest, but I don't want to say their name in case they pull out at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wise. <laughs> Uh, and also very quickly wherever you listen to this if you can leave a review or a rating please do because we need it to feed our family and stop it <laughs> stop us from um, becoming uh, small men anim- covered in hair <laughs> with misshaped <laughs> feet that's what happens I was going to say anthropomorphic uh, product placement but you know <laughs> that also works the ghosts of the mall <laughs> <laughs> God, can you imagine being at the level of fame where someone wants you to voice their anthropomorphic capitalist <laughs> character in their shitty Hanukkah film? I'd love I need you to be Victoria's Secret. <laughs> I feel like Tyra Banks is a weird person for them to get. It's a strange, strange casting. It's all strange, man. Yeah. But you know what they say? Oh. It's eight crazy nights. Oh, horseshit! Oh, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, bum biddy 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 bum bum to you all. Bye.